0: Welcome to episode 171 of the Fitness Simplified podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, my special guest is registered dietitian, Abby Langer. Abby is a myth debunker. She has an incredible blog where she reviews various diets, diet books, influencers in the nutrition space, and she really takes a measured look at each of these types of things and tells you what you need to know and where the evidence lies. Today, we specifically talk about myth-busting for nutrition for women over 40. We talk about hormone-balancing diets, phytoestrogens, and intermittent fasting before we get into the episode important quick announcement doors will be opening to the waitlist for the spring round of fitter after 40 on tuesday march 21st it's coming up so soon if you're a woman over 40 who wants to lose weight get stronger and or improve your relationship with food this is for you you can find your details at the link uh, in my bio. And that's not what I want to say. It's not the link in my bio, it's the, at the link in the show notes. You can get on the waitlist there. Getting on the waitlist is going to get you extra discounts and bonuses. So if you're even thinking about joining, you definitely want to get your name on that waitlist. Looking forward to talking to you more about Fitter After 40 in the coming weeks. All right, let's go. Hi, how are you doing? How are you? Good. Thanks so much for Good. joining me. Of course. I am thrilled you are here. So I don't know if I told you, but I usually do start recording right from the get-go. So we are recording. That's and re- and yep. the reason the reason I do it is because I always feel like it feels stilted to like chit chat with somebody and then like hit yeah. record and like we pretend we haven't just been talking. <laughs> I know, it's weird. It's very weird. So yeah. I, I I usually remember to tell people, but I don't know if I told you that. So but we are recording. I'm super excited okay. that you are here. Um before we kind of jump into talking about all of the things, I would love to hear you tell the listeners in a nutshell what you do.
1: So I am a registered dietitian and have been a registered dietitian for twenty-four years. I am based in Toronto, Canada, where I'm from. I'm the owner of Abby Langer Nutrition and I'm the author of Good Food, Bad Diet, which was published by Simon and Schuster in 2021. I also have an upcoming podcast. It's being launched in April called Aggressive Salad, um, and you can find it on Apple Podcasts. Um, and yeah, I'm like a myth debunker recipe developer I do like a lot of different things but my brand is really debunking nutrition myths and making complex nutrition subjects
0: easy to understand for the layperson yeah well I love the name of your podcast aggressive salad (laughs) that's fantastic that's fantastic You know, you write brilliant reviews of diet books and programs and protocols and influencers and all the information they share. And your reviews are really measured. Like they focus on facts, not emotion. Like you and I could be DMing and I know your feelings are pretty hot about something. (laughs) Yeah. You might be screaming like, You know, she's a slimy, amoral, sucking sack of a human, but then you read the review and you're actually like, you do share the positives. Like, okay, here's what I see that's good about this program. You're not like attacking anybody, but you're very much a defender of evidence-based practices and evidence-based nutrition. You have to be, you know, like I think, well, first of all, for for, um,
1: defamation purposes, like I have a lawyer (laughs) on staff all the time because- Uh, defamation lawyer because people come after me right and I I, you know like it's just good practice to prevent litigation um, to like you know be balanced but it's also good professionally like as a dietitian I don't I can't just like go in I do sometimes get mad and attack people on social media I'm not gonna say that I don't um, (laughs) because it makes me angry that people in positions of authority are giving out such bad advice and this is advice that can be detrimental to people's physical and emotional health. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, looking at um, my reviews when I'm taking the science into account, it's important to um, be measured and it's important to say, you know, like we don't know yet a couple, you know, like whatever I'm talking about and just like, yeah, choose my words wisely.
0: Yeah. You do an excellent, excellent job with that. And I get what you're saying the idea, and it really it's one of the things that actually got me into this industry was the fact that i felt so jerked around specifically by medical professionals who wrote nutrition books like diet yeah. books uh, it's one of the things that kept me stuck in my 30s when I just kept gaining weight and gaining weight. And I would buy these books, and I would get the. I loved magazines and like Woman's yeah. Day, and there'd be these articles with this doctor saying like um, lose 20 pounds before Valentine's Day yeah. with this one new research thing, like new discovery. And, it and it was I would like read on these. mice. Probably. Yeah, and. And who knows, like wherever the the grain of truth was, it was certainly not going to lead me to follow their advice and then lose the 20 pounds. But in my mind, I'm like, that's a doctor. He clearly knows what he's talking about. (laughs) And so I did this for years. Like, years. Um, and yeah. so it is something that I, I do have great passion for, like getting that nutrition evidence based information out there with the practical application for people, whether their goal is like, I just want to age better. I want to be healthy, whether it's weight loss, whatever it is, um, right. you know, and not manipulating the story to like sell stuff, which is so common out there.
1: I did this post this morning about Dr. Mark Hyman, who just put something up on his feed of himself put doing his daily, like, anti-aging smoothie that he takes, like, every day after his workout. And there were only two food items in there, organic blueberries and unsweetened macadamia milk. And the entire thing was just... Fistfuls of supplements, like a lot of which he sells, of course, in his of online course. store, <laughs> of course. And, the, and, and then he says, as if people aren't like just struggling to buy groceries right now, he says, I put it on my Vitamix. You've got to have a Vitamix, at least one Vitamix, he said. And I'm like, what the hell? So I added up the cost of all of these foods and supplements and the Vitamix, and it came out to $821.40 so like out of touch. that's just so and then, out of touch. then he recommends another supplement which is another 101 dollars so i'm like why are people buying into this and, you know he, it's just it's so and he's a doctor and people see that and he has a lot of books and people take that as like credibility but he's really i don't know i mean it's when you see someone who is, is promoting whole foods and then like turns around and uses a ton of powders. Um, when you right, see he demonized
0: any processed right, food, right? But then right, he'll but sell all you this is expensive stuff.
1: powders. And detox powders and heavy metal detox. Like it's like the his online store is crazy. And if you see someone recommending super expensive stuff that, and especially stuff that they sell themselves on their own store, it's a huge red flag, you Massive. know? Um, and it's someone who really you shouldn't, listen to and especially like buy stuff off of
0: of. right absolutely big big red flags yeah so abby and i are both women in midlife who serve women in midlife so we're going to focus most of our conversation and attention around there uh, for the rest of our chat here what do you think are some of the most insidious nutrition and diet claims being made on social media today targeting middle-aged women
1: um, okay. well, I mean, we are the new target for we are of all, and it's it's really sad. Like there's a lot of people with absolutely no training in science or nutrition or at all just making claims about how they heal their own hormones and whatever. So I think the worst ones probably are like um that you can um, lose your meno belly. Um, with diet, um, that you can balance your hormones with diet, like none of this works. And if it did, you can be sure that the FDA would have, you know, licensed it. It's just, it's this whole pervasive underlying thought process that like we have to stop aging Mm. and that we shouldn't be aging and that we should look like we did when we were 25, and, you know, bodies change and that's okay. Like that's, it's normal. And yeah, you know, you may not be happy at the weight you're at, but for someone to target you with some supplement or starvation diet, like the Galveston diet, which is like um, ketogenic and intermittent fasting and say, you know, this is the way you do it. I've to, you know, I've had nature basically. It's 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 disgusting, you know, and you should be able to eat a varied diet and move your body without having to pay a ton of money for these people um, to coach you on how what not to eat and all of that. It's just it's very upsetting to me.
0: Yeah, you make a good point that we are the new target. We are definitely um, the focus and uh, it makes sense because we're a multi-billion dollar industry. We're an ever-growing segment of the population. And I think people are finally realizing like, oh wait, we actually hold the purse strings too, right?
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah, we have money to
0: bear, I guess. We do. Right? And and they definitely play on our insecurities and on the old trope that we should be... um, focused on anti-aging, right? That aging... Women need to be fresh and young,
1: you know, it's the patriarchy, right? Yeah. God forbid we should have wrinkles, you know?
0: And there's definitely this underlying theme that I see that we're broken and we're in yeah. need of fixing, right? right. Yeah. And then they come in with the thing that, the, that they're going to use to fix us, right. which is, almost always not going to work anyway. Like even like, okay, let's say we bought into the idea like, yes, okay, we do. We need to be fixed. Like the thing that they're selling isn't even possibly going to work. One of the things that you brought up there as well is this idea of balancing our hormones. So let's talk a little bit more about that. I think people get really um, confused. Can we start with the idea, give people a basic idea of what are our hormones? Like what are they?
1: So hormones are basically um, substances in our bodies that control many of our bodily processes. So you might be you probably are uh, familiar with estrogen and progesterone, which are female hormones um, that tend to decrease in menopause. There are other hormones like cortisol and insulin, for example, so and leptin and ghrelin and those are different. We all have those female or male. um, And those are affected by diet. But the whole concept of like, balancing hormones is such a red flag to me because like hormones are constantly in flux you can't really balance them they're not really balanced and so like when someone says balance your hormones like usually they'll they'll tell you in their instagram bio that they balance hormones that's um like just keep scrolling yeah and i don't care if they're a dietitian because there are dietitians who sell this crap too
0: absolutely
1: yeah i mean but as it stands right now we know that there is nothing in terms of dietary interventions that will help with estrogen and progesterone levels. You know, not eating that carrot salad, you know, is not gonna like hurt you. You know, like people are like, you have to eat your carrot salad or your broccoli because then it detoxes your extra estrogen. And it's like, guys, come on. Like your body has detox pathways. Sure, like healthy food does help them, but it's not like as simple as that.
0: So if a, a person with a genuine hormone imbalance, we're talking like someone with their thyroid insulin, like yeah. they need to be talking medicine. Like they need to be a yeah. doctor. And then for yeah. perimenopausal and menopausal women, even talking about it in terms of it being an imbalance that needs to be corrected is not correct, right? I mean right. it's literally and a I, of time that's characterized by changes in our hormone levels.
1: That's right. They're they're doing what they know how to do.
0: That's that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. And yeah. And so the idea that diet can impact these these hormones, at this point, we don't have any evidence saying no, like no. do or no do no. not eat this or that, and it's no. going to somehow help with your estrogen or progesterone. What about phytoestrogens? There's a lot of talk out there about phytoestrogens. Yeah. What is their impact on our estrogen levels?
1: Not a lot. So there is some research, but the reason that um, eating f- foods like soy, for example, can in- increase your estrogen levels However, um, phytoestrogens aren't estrogens. They don't work like estrogens. And, you know, I see a lot of people promoting like seed cycling, for example, um, to, you know, regulate your hormones and your cycle. Like, none of that is credible. And, you know, you may find that it, it helps you a little bit, I guess like but it may or may not be what you're doing in terms of like your phytoestrogen may be related to something completely different in reality the research shows that um there's very weak evidence that soy foods may like decrease hot flashes but for everything else is inconclusive Mm -hmm. and we've had this we've been talking about this for decades, like Mm. there has been a lot of research on it. And we've had ample time to figure it out. And you know what, and there's other people saying, don't eat phytoestrogens, don't eat soy, gives you breast cancer. That also is incorrect. The American Institute for Cancer Research, AICR, which is amazing, and I recommend their website, if you're concerned about anything in terms of cancer, you need information. Um, They don't support the idea that soy causes breast cancer. So, you know, it's it's. But I wouldn't take phytoestrogens either. Like phytoestrogen supplements mm-hmm. have shown, I believe, to be dangerous. So, the phytoestrogens in food, like you can eat the soy, it's fine. But like, don't expect miracles. Okay. So basically, balance. what you're
0: saying is, to <laughs> don't supplement with phytoestrogens. Yeah. But phytoestrogen no, you don't in have foods. To. Phytoestrogen foods, you don't need to stay away with them, away from them because there's not evidence yeah. for causing cancer. If you like soy and it's and frankly, having yeah. soy is a great way to it's get amazing. some plant-based protein in your diet. Yeah. So awesome. And maybe it'll possibly help with your hot flashes, possibly, but don't count. On yeah.
1: It. Right. <laughs> Always um, remember too, like when you are looking at studies or if someone cites a study. You always have to look um, at whether or not the study population was similar to you, um, what dosage they had, uh, like, let's say they were eating soy foods, but how much soy food were they eating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, there's so many, how, how was the study conducted? It's There's so many different things. People see that there's research on something and they automatically think it's like amazing. But... Mm-hmm. There, as someone who looks at research all the time, I can tell you, there's a ton of nutrition research studies that are not worth anything because they're just like so poorly done or like nobody eats the amount of the the food that they're using in the study. Like it's just don't take it as gospel when there's like someone saying, well, there's like research on it. No.
0: Yeah. What do we know about intermittent fasting and weight loss? So we know that
1: intermittent fasting 100% is not any better for weight loss, especially in the long term, than just continuous calorie restriction, also known as like being on a diet, not eating as much. Um, Intermittent fasting works for some people, and it doesn't for others. Like if I you know, was talking to someone who was pregnant or nursing, or had any kind of even like a whiff of an eating disorder, or disordered eating in their family, I would say, stay away from that, stay away from intermittent fasting. Um, It is just another tool in the calorie cutting toolbox. Because generally, when you restrict the number of hours that you can eat in a day, you're restricting your calories.
0: Right? Which is such and a so, basic thing, but it is yeah. not at all how people who are um intermittent fasting like zealots or promoters, yeah. it's not how they they, don't teach, to acknowledge that. they yes, yeah. they they skip past that part, which is the true yeah. part, <laughs> yeah, because it does not ma- like
1: it matters. calories in versus calories out. Yes, the quality of calories matters too a hundred percent. I'm not saying it's just calories and calories out. but you're not going to lose weight unless your body, if your body takes in, you know, the same amount of calories as you've been eating the, all the time. So you have to create a calorie, a caloric desperate fit in some way.
0: It's definitely one of the things I see out there. I mean, you already named one of the diets that does it, but that is specifically um, being promoted as the diet for menopausal women to lose weight, like the thing we need. As
1: if we don't have enough, um, <laughs> enough stress. You know, like, and you have to think about also how the eating pattern, like intermittent fasting, is going to affect you emotionally and um, and socially. Like, are you going to be able to go out and have fun? And you know, that's also a huge part of life. Yeah, You're losing however many pounds, like that, you want to lose, is is it really worth all of that punishment? You know, I mean, I personally don't intermittent fast. I don't recommend it to anybody outright. Um, But again, there's some people who it works for and some people who just can't maintain it. Remember, you also have to maintain this way of eating forever. Yeah. And
0: that's Uh, the same as with
1: everything, right?
0: I did an experiment several years back where I was like, okay. I'm going to do intermittent fasting because I, I don't want to say to somebody, because I had read the research saying like, it can be a tool that can work. And I was like, all right, yeah. I'm going to try this out, like see how it impacts me, see what I think. And what I realized was that um, I'm a person who really likes breakfast. Like it's my favorite yeah. meal. I would eat breakfast for every meal of the day. And frankly, I do sometimes eat breakfast at other meals, but I enjoy that meal. And so for me, yeah. it wasn't a good fit, but I certainly have worked with people it's not something I recommend. It's not a part of my program that I'm like, Hey, use this. But if somebody brings it up and they're like, I would like to do this. Okay. Like you can go for that. Let's try it. Let's see. How do you feel when you're doing that? How is your energy? How is your social life? Is it a tool that, to, and you know, there are some people it's just a good fit for them. I find that more people than not, it is not.
1: Yeah. I feel, I find that way that as well. Um, you know, and I think like, just as I was saying before, you have to figure out what's right for you and what fits your lifestyle, and and the cost benefit of going on these sorts of diets, and and is it worth punishing yourself if if you consider it punishment? Some people do intermittent fasting or keto or whatever, and they're like, yeah, it's fine, yeah, um, and they don't care. But there's no, it, you're supposed to be happy in life. And I know like people say, well, I'm not happy because I need to lose weight or whatever. But, you know, finding peace with your body and treating it properly and not punishing it, it's a part of being happy too. And you should be able to enjoy food.
0: You know, it's one of those questions that I think people don't ask themselves. The assumption is I should be losing weight. I need to be losing weight. And for a lot of women, frankly look, I was born in the 70s. I came of age in the 80s. It was, you know, the birth of the supermodel and snack wells and, you know, aerobics and all that stuff. I'm the
1: same age, right? Right? So so you know what I'm talking
0: about. So there's this underlying assumption, like we will be dieting, like, (laughs) right. There's this, and it, I feel like we're getting to a point and I I don't think that my daughter is going to come from that same type of background, but for women of our generation, it's just this kind of like background hum in their brain of like, Mm -hmm. I will be losing weight again at some point, right? Like, I'm going to do my next diet. It's just like the, yes. And so the idea of getting to a point where they might actually say like, this is good enough. Like I don't need to lose the last 10 pounds, right? I'm putting my my quotation marks around there is um, a novel idea that they might just say like, I'm not going to do that.
1: Yeah. And if you've been fighting with that last 10 pounds or last five pounds for years and years, maybe it's time to, uh stop and think you know maybe my body is more comfortable at the weight i'm at and that's why Mm -hmm. i keep gaining those pounds back because or maybe what i do to reach that goal weight is unsustainable for me and is is not conducive to happiness lifelong happiness you know even if I do fit into you know that pair of jeans or whatever when I lose that weight like am I happy can I can I eat what I want and you know like maybe it's not worth it then I always have people like reevaluate their goals you know is this realistic you know what do you have to do to get there when was the last time you were there and how did it feel so you know there's a lot of questions we should be asking ourselves when we embark on a new eating pattern. And I mm-hmm. unfortunately think that a lot of people just like step on the gas and go around the curve without like
0: looking at first. And it's a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. Um, let's switch gears from uh, we're talking about weight loss here to talk about the idea uh, for a lot of women, their top priority at this age in their forties, fifties, sixties is eating for aging and longevity. Like I want to live a long and healthy life. What would you say if you were going to tell somebody like, all right, here are the big like three to five rocks to focus on with the idea that we're looking to age healthy, live longer? What would you, what would your focuses be?
1: Okay. So I want to preface this by saying that aging is a function of so many different factors. um not the very least genetics,
0: right? So, yeah.
1: You know, like and and that's a non-modifiable modifiable factor. You cannot change your genetics. Um, it also has to do with lifestyle and social determinants of health. Do you have access to a doctor? Do you, you know, what's your education level? What's your what's your financial situation? So it's not just. And I think we over tend to oversimplify things. Mark Hyman again, like (laughs) saying, saying, you know, if you eat this, you're going to live longer. But it's like, no, there's so many different factors at play. But in terms of nutrition, I would say, definitely as many plants as possible. And keep in mind that we're, I'm basing these recommendations on societies that have the longest lifespan in the world, like the blue zone. But we don't live in food zones and our lifestyle is not the same. So it's very faulty, in fact to like, I don't live in Okinawa. I don't have the same lifestyle as them. So, you know, or genetics. Mm-hmm. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt, but yeah, I mean, lots of plants, um, tons of fiber um, dial down the ultra processed food, like, um, just ready made meals and all of that, I consume those as well, but not every meal right um, and you know what, I think we underestimate joy mm. um. I think that's another factor. Like, do we share meals with others? Do we take joy in food? Yeah. Um, do we use food to not only fuel us, but to communicate love and community and stories? And, you know, that's also, I think if you if you do look at a, a lot of these places in the Blue Zone, they share meals together. Their and community is a big a piece huge. of the puzzle yes. for all of them.
0: It's a big, and I, and I, I think we just, we ignore that, but it's a big piece of the puzzle. Too. I like that. I like that addition there. So plants, fiber, reducing the amount of ultra processed foods and finding joy in our, yes. in our eating and yes. sharing and sharing those meals with others and in just finding joy in the food that we eat. Um, yeah. The idea, and I, I will tell you, Abby, this is something I used to say when I was a brand new nutrition coach, I absolutely used to say food is fuel and it's so it's just so myopic food of course food is fuel like it's literally what fuels our body but it is not just fuel I know when people
1: fight about that with me all the time like online they're like oh, you know food isn't love you shouldn't use food for anything but fuel but it's like you're you're it's wrong that's sad you know Let's well, look, food could
0: be misabused. I mean, it can be abused for love. I mean, I've seen a lot of women who of course, of course. use food is self-love because they don't have other things in their life that bring them joy. And that's a problem. But that's
1: right? oversimplifying what I'm saying, right? And people yeah. do that.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, we can use food. I mean, who doesn't, like, have a good... Well, I'm not going to say because I'm sure many people... Uh, we all have different lives. But I have so many good memories shared with, like, my mom making me some special yeah. treat or with my own kids. Yes and, and that's you know, so great. sharing a great meal or a holiday, you know, or an amazing restaurant mm-hmm. experience you had with a friend. That's,
1: I right. feel like that's what life's about, right? Like it's about other things too, but that's a part of my life that I would never let go. Like my mom is 80 years old. You think I'm not going to eat her pecan pie at Thanksgiving? You think that, you know, like I'm not going to eat her brisket because, you know, it's like, doesn't fit my macros or whatever. It's like, oh my God, you know, you're missing out on stuff that, I personally think you should be enjoying, but I guess everyone's different. Everyone has different
0: priorities. But I do think it's something for people to um, keep top of mind when they're thinking about Mm -hmm. healthy nutrition. Like, does my food bring me joy? Do I absolutely, do I enjoy this? Or is it like, I just torture myself through it? Yeah. It doesn't have to be that way. And it's not to say that your food that's joyful has to be unhealthy. You can have amazingly healthy food um, that is Mm -hmm. also joyful. Before we wrap up, Abby, I always like to ask the women who come on my show how they like to move their bodies. I like to present all kinds of options for people. So tell me, what do you do?
1: Peloton. I got
0: it right when the pandemic was starting from length. But yeah, walking. So Peloton and walking. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Training. Oh, I lost the last word you just said. What'd you say? A lot of strength training. A lot of strength training. Awesome. Awesome. So, Abby, tell people where they can find you. If they want to catch up with you, where's the best place to locate you? My website is com. I'm also Instagram, Lane Nutrition.
1: Abby Langer Nutrition.
0: Awesome. Well, this has been fantastic. I so appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. And I'm excited. I'm going to get to meet you in person next month in Toronto when I come yes. hang out with Amanda. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be I'm a good time. Excited. Awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fitness Simplified podcast. I hope you found it motivational, inspirational, educational, organizational. If you did find value in this episode today, it would mean a great deal to me if you would leave a rating and review on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to this episode on. It really does help to get this podcast in front of other people. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you.